Touchdowns All Day Podcast. I'm your host, John Barber. Today was a beautiful day. It was sunny outside. There was an airplane flying in the sky. And we relaxed. It's the summer. And there was a moment where I looked back in time in my own mind remembered how weird 2020 was. And today, we are going to play you the 2020 Karina Reichman interview for your listening pleasure. If you have just listened to the previous episode, that's the 2022 interview. That's what's going on today. This interview is what was going on in the heart of that beast of a pandemic. When everybody was locked in their houses and unable to find a Danish, all Danish shipments were held up in Michigan, where all Danishes are from. So as we prepare this step into the Wayback Machine, a little relics of the past... We would like you to just keep that in mind, that this was recorded right smack in the middle of the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. America was on lockdown, and the entire entertainment business had stopped completely, grind to a halt as they see it. Listen as two musicians discuss how it affected their lives. So we are thrilled to share this ancient interview with you all. And we want you to know that we love you. And that our love for you is boundless, like the sea or the space around the moon. And we appreciate you listening to our podcast. Now, I could run through all the show dates, but you could just listen to episode 45 if you want to hear where the band is playing. And I could talk about the, you know, John Barber live show, or I could talk about the Baba G guitar thing that I'm doing. We're going to get to all that. I'm going to do podcasts on all that. But I think this one is super, super weird and worth a listen. And we're kind of going to dabble with this. So here we are dabbling. Foot in the pool. Beautiful day. And check this out. Let us know. Hit us with some comments. Hashtag touchdowns all day. About what you feel about listening to the pandemic wayback machine with Karina Reichman. How does it make you feel? And we would like to give away some tickets to you for just doing that. Because we got a lot of shows going on. So check out some shows and we'll see you there. And we're going to give away some tickets. So send a message about what you think about the pandemic being gone and listening to that moment in history. Our sponsor is Immaculate Seeds. And let me just tell you. Cannabis legalization is growing rapidly in states. You know this. We're all happy about this, right? You can get gummies everywhere, and it's great. Honestly, it's great. The founders of Immaculate Seeds, who, by the way, are biscuit heads, have been helping people grow 
better cannabis across the country with 50 plus years of combined experience. And there isn't 50 of them, by the way. Usually when people say 50 plus years, there's 50 plus people who have one year of experience. These guys have 50 years between a couple dudes, a couple people. Genetics is one of the most important parts of any successful grow. Genetics, folks. It's nature versus nurture, even in the cannabis industry. So if you are starting a grow or you're just a cannabis OG, Immaculate Seeds has the genetics that you can trust. Can contestants will come to Grow Active Solutions, purchase a pack of seeds, be entered in a raffle to win a ticket, or buy a pack of seeds online at Immaculate underscore seeds on Instagram. There's a link tree in the bio. Go check it out. You can also send an email to immaculateseeds at gmail.com. Uh, Immaculate, this is spelled the same way that Madonna spells it, of course. Uh, these guys have been around since 2019. Bo Bradley is the uh, leader of this troupe. He's been to 141 biscuit shows, folks. And um, he found his family at the Disco Biscuits concert, which is an honor to me. So it's a pleasure to work with him. And I bet you these seeds are fire. I mean, let's be honest. they got to be amazing, right? So go ahead, reach out and get yourself some seeds or spores because you know spores are going to be the thing moving forward, right? I need some spores, let's be honest. Let's be honest. This podcast would be so much crazier if I had more spores. So Immaculate Seeds... On Instagram, check out their link tree in the bio at Grow Active Solutions, at Immaculate Seeds, 3612 Hartford Street in St. Louis. Stop by. If you want to be part of the ticket giveaway or and or you want a free packet of seeds, go to the store either online through Instagram or the actual, you know, brick and mortar place at 3612 Hartford and mention touchdowns all day when you order. You'll be entered into a contest to win a pair of VIP tickets to a Disco Biscuit concert. And look, folks, that alone is worth the trip. You know what I mean? That alone. Just go to the website. You don't even need to go to the heart. The, 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 you don't need to go to St. Louis, right? But if you live in St. Louis, you probably should swing by. So thank you, Immaculate Seeds, for sponsoring our, our little podcast here. Thank you for sponsoring our experiment to try and get a view into the minds of musicians mid-pandemic. And let me just say one thing. I had a, you know, end-of-the-worldy pal during the pandemic who was very much putting a birdie in my ear that was constantly telling me that this pandemic was going to last 25 years. So just keep in mind that in the back of my mind, in this whole interview, I'm thinking... This is month three of 500 months. And I just feel like that needs to be said because a lot, now everybody's like, oh, it's just a pandemic. It's just a year. But during the pandemic, we did not know. We did not know how long it was going to last. There was The only other one was that Spanish flu. And they're like, well, it came back three years later and killed everybody. It's just like you did not know what was going to happen. I did not know what was going to happen. I mean, they couldn't even agree on the lab leak hypothesis. I mean, flat earthers were uh, were confused. And they are the most confident people I've ever met. So, I thank you for listening to the podcast. And I can't wait to listen to this interview 
This is Karina Reichman. If you want more information on Karina Reichman, please edit, listen to episode 45. And that is what she's up to now. And I go a little bit more into detail about her career and what she's done and, you know, her involvement in the scene and, you know, all the cool things that she's been a part of. So not to bore you if you're going back to back because, uh, you know, you probably are just like glued to this podcast as you should be, as you should be. Thank you, Immaculate Seeds. Uh, but we'd like to just know that we love you here. Crunk Mike loves you. And we are going to move into the interview right now. Please enjoy. Are you carrying all your uh, bass? Is a pretty large instrument. Are you carrying that on the plane every time you go to the airport? Yeah, and it's a fucking, it's a nightmare. It's terrible because I fly Delta exclusively. Yeah, I'm one of those. Really? You know, they're they're really good, but they're not as good as they could be with like because I don't want to check it. God forbid. So I come on, and every single time you come on. It's just like a bit of a, okay, here we go. Here we go again. Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, do you, do you guys have a closet that I could possibly stick this in? You know, because it's mm-hmm. way too big for the overheads. Too big for the closet. <laughs> the closet, but then oftentimes they're like, oh, fucking thanks a lot, you know? And then mm-hmm. pulling shit out of there, moving like coat hangers with like nice suits and all that shit. And I'm just like, oh, God. What did I ever do to deserve this? I mean, I do the same thing with the guitar. I bring it, but I bring in a soft case, and the guitar in a soft case does fit in the overhead just enough, you know, but barely. I, I, I could imagine a bass like doesn't. You're done. Like you either get the. Yeah, it's not so one owned, fortunately. Uh, and now, yeah, when I fly, I just like do the stripped down bass, like usually, unless something's crazy. But I basically take my pedal board, which usually is like yay big it's pretty it's it's a sizable thing and then i strip it down into what they call uh the tick 2.0 which is like this big and i fit three pedals on like just like a little guy a rat an octave and a tuner and then you like zip it on to the bag so it's like amazing yeah and it's heavy as shit and it's all good <laughs> but what do you i have the same one but i have a delay on mine the same exact pedal board you really just need the tuner, frankly, but uh, it's nice to have a little delay. And of course, you have to have a rat or, you know, what are you doing? Right. Exactly. Go home. If you don't have the rat. Yeah. What is it, though? What is it with the rat pedal and bass players? Is it a power thing? What is it? I like it because it's so uh, unpredictable. I like the fact that, like, it kind of plays you. You can never figure out what's going on with the rat. You just kind of, you know, wind it up and let it slide. <laughs> and it's, like, always, like, not quite loud enough and not quite clean enough and not, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's messy and dirty. It's yeah. raw and dirty, and I like that. That's kind of my take on the rat. <laughs> And so you're going on these little weekend trips and you're doing full tours. Is this all with Marco or 
Are you playing with your, it seems like you have your own band at this point. Is that the case? Yeah, there's, there's that too. I mean, it's been a Marco heavy, you know, since October, basically it's been predominantly Marco. Jam Cruise was just me as a special mm-hmm. guest. If Artist at large. That's what they call it. That. Mm-hmm. So that was me all by my lonesome. Um, and then my dance had things here and there, but, unf- and we had a sweet run coming up in May, which is now over, but, uh, coronavirus, you know, uh, that sure. was fine, but we were, you know, headlining Brooklyn bowl, higher ground, milk boy in Philly, the hollow in Albany. I had like a sweet little Northeast thing all planned out. So it's kind of gearing up for those guys. And I had, you know, literally the week after quarantine started, I had like recording session lined up and we were doing a splice, uh, you know, sample pack and, doing this thing with ABC where they were going to film me and put me in the back of all the taxi cabs in New York, the eyewitness news fucking thing or whatever. Anyway, she was about to be really dope. And I kind of just like it all, you know, you had to really readjust with all of this. I was like, wait, what? It all went away. I know me too. I bet. And like for on your end, like did, were you all, I mean, I know you guys had a whole fucking thing planned out and it's just like what do you do to readjust right you just kind of got to surrender to the flow we we were on a uh we were on like a like a like a a building process of of doing different new kind of risky things and then like succeed the baby stepping our way into seriously risky things and i mean i'm literally playing like through computers and tra- with an audio guitar like i'm not even playing a midi guitar i'm playing an audio guitar into a computer turning it into like synthesizer notes all this stuff was happening and it was all like dangling by the thread and we were just doing it so often that we were able to continue to add to like keep putting plates on it and keep bouncing it and so it's going to be a weird return to how to get back to that you know because i don't even remember all the stuff that i was doing i don't remember all the the my foot pedal has all these buttons but it was all up here it wasn't like written down anywhere you know and i was literally playing this pedal which is very complicated stuff i don't remember what all i i wish i wrote it down i don't know what's wrong with me shit dude yeah it's gonna be a minute to get back to where you it left is. off Definitely. Yeah. I feel the same way. I'm like, shit, well, I remember all the songs that I once knew, like, gotta stay sharp. And I, like, practice, but it's not the same as just being, like, on the road, thrusted into your your thing. <laughs> well, how do you play bass with, how do you go into a Marco gig knowing that, like, I, I've, I've known Marco for a long time. I've, he was always the guy that was kind of beyond the structure of the music, you know? It's like, there's notes... And then there's whatever the hell Marco's doing, you know? How do you how do you put bass lines together playing with somebody like that? <laughs> I come at him with the exact same vibe and we're both just like, ah! uh, yeah, that's, what that's are we the... doing? It's fucking crazy. No. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Uh, you know, his, his it's interesting with his catalog of music because the first bunch of records were instrumental and kind of, uh, you know... It, took on like a linear non-repeating form you know what i mean and like Mm -hmm. it was more like these kind of opuses of you know craziness and now it's very much kind of like verse chorus verse you know three minute long 
indie pop songs for the most part. So it's interesting to have like, you know, done all the homework. And like when I first joined, like I learned everything and all that. And now like kind of seeing the development of like what he wants to make and all that. It's, it's pretty wild. And I really enjoy both sides of the spectrum. I got to say, like, I like, you know, crazy tripped out experimental jazz. And I like fucking, you know, verse chorus, verse little bangers. It's awesome. So I'm stoked to play any of it. And then when we improvise, it is like, you know, I'm just listening to him and he's doing so much with two hands and two feet and, you know, one hand in the piano, the other hand on a synth and then his feet are doing God knows what triggering loops and all this shit. So I'm just like, wow. All right. You gotta play something. You know? <laughs> gotta play something. It's something. Uh, it's an amazing thing to watch and it's an amazing thing to like, you know, try and compliment as best I can, which is, you know, challenging. It's tough. He's a, real monster over there doing a million things are there uh are there philosophies of the jam like i play this and you play off of that or let's stay in this key or let's not stay in this key or is there is there a a harmonic framework that you're following like what do you what's what's the north star for you guys for the jamming it depends and it's really tune by tune and like, you know, movement by movement. He has, you know, there's this one record he put out, not the most recent, but the one before called the story of Fred short. And it's like, I forget if it's seven or eight tunes that kind of weave in and out of each other. And like, we don't stop playing for like 45 minutes and like just weave these different songs in and out of each other and whatnot. And within that, there are pretty cool uh, jam sections where you know one can be you know kind of contained and then the next can be totally not fucking contained and just go off for like a good long time and I don't know I really I try to listen to whatever he's putting down and I try to do what I can to make it sound as best as it can which is you know kind of my job and I try to do that as best I can it depends bro that's a good question you know shit is there a free jazz jam in there? Is there is there a is there a do don't play a normal scale jam somewhere in there? All the time. I mean, I never know what the fuck. I'm you know, I just shoot from the hip. I'm like, yeah, you know, this will work, and <laughs> and does it? I don't know. Sometimes it lands, and then sometimes you're like, oh shit, that was definitely not dope enough. And you know, the next time you're like, wow, that was definitely dope enough. And yeah, crowd, they'll let you know. <laughs> if or whatever you know you, you you pick up on the different things you try again for next time talk about it a little bit but not too much yeah we're never like listening to it and being like yo you hear that that was not it we never do that we oh. <laughs> never it's really like you know less spoken about than you think except sometimes it's like yo maybe instead of like going from the whatever to the whatever, maybe we could do this or, you know, some various thing. And I'm like, totally love it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'll kind of leave it all up on the stage. It's crazy. It's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. And would you consider bass your, your main, the instrument you started on, or did you start on something besides the bass? I started on guitar. I did start on guitar when I was 13. I, uh, it was it was all guitar for a hot minute, but then I got a bass and kind of like played both simultaneously throughout like my teens and whatnot. And I was in like three bands where I played bass and two bands where I played guitar and like 
that sort of thing kind of went between them. And it wasn't until like I got the Marco gig that I was like, Oh shit. Like, I think I'm a bass player now time to like buckle down on this one specifically, as opposed to being a little scattered, you know? And do you guys, do you guys, do you guys, I love guitar too. It's pretty dumb. I also, I also like bass. So I feel, I feel where you're coming from. Do you guys hold, do you go up to, doesn't he live in Woodstock or something like that? Do you, do you go up there and hold like super secret rehearsals where you just play free jazz for four days and forget to do the songs or something like that? That would be great. We, we definitely go, I, you know, come up from the city and we'll go to Woodstock and whatnot. And like, before we begin a tour, usually it starts in Woodstock, no matter where we're going. Oh, that's cool. And they, I mean, yeah, we definitely, we get crazy with it. Not, not like four day long, uh, experimental jazz crazy with it, though we should, though we should. Um, it's a great vibe up there, man. Like I'm, uh, have been living 30 minutes away this whole uh-huh. time. So it's cool. If I like, you know, I can go visit Marco and the goats and the peacocks and all that stuff at a, in a distant way, you know, social distancing. It's the new thing. Got to do it. <laughs> Wearing a mask, socially distanced, mask on the goats. I'm like, don't come too close. Come on. These goats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, he has a very uh, unique kind of beautiful studio in like, you know, a mini barn, if you will, right next to his house and fire pit and his wife, Katie, will cook when we come up there and then we'll, you know, stay up all night and then start the tour or whatever has to happen. But nothing Dig it. Too crazy in terms of like the rehearsing being crazy. It's very much like, you know, oh shit, like we got to learn the new songs on the new record. Yeah, you're right. We do got to do that. Let's do that. All right. You know. How's next weekend? And then we kind of all get together. It's, it's mellow. And then there's a lot of like learning the songs on stage on the fly and then being like, Oh, let's try that. Like, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's why, that's why, you know, we, we have the same thing at the end of tour. We're killing it. The beginning tour, it's, it's a little confusing. What goes where you end up moving a bunch of stuff around. So. Oh, you guys have a crazy bunch of stuff going on. And like, you know, I'm a big, I'm a fan of the tractor beam stuff. Can I tell you that? I'm like oh, cool. blown away by the tractor beam stuff and just the concept of it and the execution of it is so wild to me. Like it's, it's amazing. I don't know how you would rehearse for something like that. It's fucking impressive. We don't, we don't rehearse for it. We don't, we don't do any of the things that we originally talked about doing. Like we made like a list of like things that would make tractor beam really great. We don't do any of them. We just, just get, when we walk on stage for sound check, we do tractor beam first because the first 10 minutes of sound check is usually just us fucking around anyways. So we might as well do tractor beam where like everybody's fully engaged technically Cause that's what sound check is about. Like making sure you can get fully engaged technically, you know? So for us, that's what it is. And honestly, I don't, I was gonna, I was about to expand tractor beam. I have like six more foot pedals and the more foot pedals I get, the more control of my sound I have. And then I just, you know, I got to hook them all up and all this stuff. And they all are like little screens and, I got to get nerdy on it for a second, but without any gigs, it's like not exciting to get nerdy on the foot pedals, you know? I agree, which is a shame because you'd think that maybe it would be a great time to dial all that in, but like without, you, the, think, you yeah. know, the results, if you will, in 
a result being a gig, it's kind of just like, oh shit. Like it is, it is weird being a live musician with no live shows. It's just, how do you get amped up in the morning? Like, oh, we were going to play Mission Ballroom in, in Denver and we were all excited. And there's a tractor beam set sandwiched in the middle. So it was going to be like solid hour, hour and a half of tractor beam, which means like I need to be able to change from one song to another, not before the show, in during the set. It was going to be a whole new challenge. And now, you know, I could do the, all that work. But without the show, I, I just made breakfast instead. I don't know. I get that. I'm like, oh. yeah. it's like oh, I went for a run instead. You know, yeah, you know. And I have, I actually have very my my quarantine commune up here is full of excellent musicians, and we do play a lot. And we've been, you know, doing various little, you know, Zoom. Things. Talk to me. Talk to me. Who's who's in the quarantine commune? What's going on? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Well, it's my very best friend who's a big Biscuits fan. The one who took me to all of my first Biscuits shows and has mm-hmm. shown me the way. And like, I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about, but he could tell, you know, he he's way deep in it. It's Mr. Isaac Sloan, my best friend for many years. And uh, yeah, I'm up here in his parents' country house for the last three months. Bless their hearts. Mm-hmm. His brother... Nathan Sloan, great guy, drummer, guitar player, all great. Isaac, phenomenal guitar player, really great. Isaac's girlfriend, Marlo Shankweiler, uh, phenomenal guitar player, and in a band called Melt. Okay. Super dope, like, you know, kind of indie pop soul vibe, killing it. And I forgot to mention Nathan Sloan in a band called Van Sire, V-A-N-S-I-R-E, that's like, if you check out their Spotify numbers, you'd be like, shit, why does every song have 13 million streams? Like, what is this? Like, you know, just killing it. Awesome indie band and whatnot. And uh, Isaac and I have been playing music together for many, many years. So, uh, yeah, that's just kind of on the music front. And uh, it's been good. It's definitely been good. At least like, you know, we have each other to play with. I know so many of my friends are like, oh, you know, I wish I had a, band to jam with like i've just been alone for three months and i'm like you're right like it was it was good when we all decided to come up here and just hunker down you know uh so that's been good and we're doing these little like you know the quarantine comes alive thing familiar i take that uh, that thing and you know did a live from out there thing and you know whatever's coming in i just you know put the whole posse to work i'm like yo we're going to learn China cat sunflower. Are you ready? You're like, sure, let's do it. We know it. Let's go. And then it's all good. It's a good little band to be making things with during this fucked up time. So, well, I mean, you use the word commune. It kind of implies that y'all are taking acid every day. Is that the case? You know, it's actually not, but it's, Oh, it's a bummer. (laughs) You're allowed. It's legal nowadays. You just microdose and it's legal. People love it. People love it. We've been drinking a lot of wine, not a lot of tequila, which is my usual in my old life, as I like to say, I used to drink mm-hmm. a lot of tequila, but now it's, we're on a, there's a nice wine cellar here. I like that. Dip into that. That's kind of the vibe, but yeah, I don't know. Between like, you know, playing with those guys, I've been sweat. There's a pool. We've been swimming every day now that it's nice out. It's great. Uh, I love it. Nature hiking, running the whole nine. So it's good. It all works. <laughs> Are you guys doing any like online concerts or anything? Because you literally could. 
We, we like used to stream ourselves just on my Instagram quite literally every night. Mm-hmm. It's like the quarantine jam bands and just like totally shooting from the hip, getting weird. And that was awesome. It was super great. We have since moved. This is actually no excuse at all, but like there's a guest house and we basically moved our whole setup from the main house in the basement to the guest house such that that's where the pool is and there's a nice outdoor deck there and we've liked to set up outdoors once in a while and film ourselves with a drone and like make it all pop off whoa yeah so that's been sweet and my boyfriend who's also here who's not a musician but phenomenal human great drone operator great drone operator so he's been flying the drone while the rest of us jam and that's kind of you know i want what i want to do is make that a series and kind of do like you know a tune a week or something like that where you know probably covers mostly um and just like make it look good and put that out just because it's true like you know while i'm you know spoiled with having you know all my friends who play up here why not actually make it rain in whatever that means, but you know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, and we actually, we've done a couple of these, uh, people have sought me out and been like, Hey, like, you know, uh, I'm having a zoom party and I want you guys to play. We'll pay you X amount. And I'm like, great. Sounds awesome. So we've done that. That's pretty cool. And I don't know, just kind of making the best of this very bizarre time. I'm like, I don't know. I've never been a video chatter you know now all of a sudden i'm like yo video chat all fucking day let's go i know me too i always never really felt the facetime video my nephews are video he's a video chat monster my older nephew like he he won't even talk on the phone he'll like hang up he'll hang up and call me back on facetime uh he's 14 or 15 at this point i think but he's been doing it for a while and i was like never into it because you know yeah, look at me. I mean, why would I want to do a video call? But he, um, he and I have. I learned. To, I've been learning to like it through the quarantine. I'm learning to get used to it here. You and me both. I'm usually though the thing that annoys me about it is I'm usually a pacer. Like when I'm on the phone, I totally. love pace. That's kind of my vibe. And now, like if it's like, oh, you know, phone calls turn into Zoom calls. All of mm-hmm. it's just like now, you know, I'm just rooted in my seat as opposed to. I guess I can, you know rage around with the laptop but i don't know yes yeah you could you could you could roam around with the laptop on the on the property and or or just have the drone video feed go into your zoom and then you can walk around and the drone can follow you around that would be sick and you know there is actually a setting on the drone where you can set it to follow something like a car or maybe me wow Follow me. That's the Zoom call. I like that. Thanks, Barbara. That's smart. (laughs) So wait a second. There's a setting on the drone where you can choose something. Does that work? That's a great question. I don't know. I've never done it, but we've read up on this new drone. By the way, drones used to, like four years ago, a drone used to be over a grand, no question, like the shittiest Mm -hmm. drone. I'm just letting all your listeners know, you can get a drone on the cheap these days, and it's dope. Like they, it's just one of those things that have it's just come down in price and become way more like, you know, accessible to the layman, if you will. So everybody should go out and get a drone. It's fucking stupid, but it's fun as hell. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I have not done the set it 
on like a specific thing, but I, they do that in movies and stuff or like, you know, just follow this car type vibe or like, you know, I don't know. You should try. I mean, this is so subsidized by the military. I'm sure the drone has so many terrible features built into it, but we, we used to have my last house. We used to shoot one up and take pictures of the parties that we were having. And those are all the good photos. It's so cool to see it like go up and down and zoom in on people. Everybody's like, Jay, cheers, party time. So that's good for the commune. You, you have to, you have to do a little bit of documentary film work at the commune so that you've, you can establish the, 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 you know, the communes, they always, fall into chaos so quickly they're, they're great they're great they're great and then something happens and they fall into complete chaos and everybody paints their faces and attacks each other you want to have good video footage of before that you know what i mean definitely before it all you know we all like turn cannibal style and just, yes. it turns to shit my friend's dad has told me we were at dinner one night and there's there, there are bees on the property and like, oh really yeah for real like it's like a- oh like they raise their own bees like they have hives yes and we make the honey and it's a whole thing or whatever and there's the bee man because i was about to i was about to think you were like the most city person ever you're like oh my god they have these things called bees I was like, wow, you really did grow up in the city. That's crazy. All of this is new to me. It's all just fascinating. I can't even believe what grass looks like. I can't even believe what It's just crazy. I'm really, you know, one step at a time. But three yeah. people in the country, and there are bees, and there's a bee man who's like this dope dude who comes and deals with the bees, right? No face protection, no hand protection. He literally touches them with his hands and moves them around. It's like some crazy shit. How many bees is he touching? Oh, Jesus. I don't even want to tell you. Hundreds. 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 What? Raging on the property. It's crazy. But one And he he doesn't have the beekeeper mesh thing over his face. This guy is just straight up like knee deep in the bees. And it's crazy to watch. It's like holy shit. And let me tell you, this dude, he comes over and like there are also these wild turkeys on the property. This is how country I've gone. Trust me, to, to your fellow listeners, I, you know, barely even seen a, well, anything other than a pigeon or a rat my entire life <laughs> from Manhattan. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, right. I mean, the, the guy sees all these turkeys on the property because it's like mating season. There are turkeys are everywhere. And he goes, hey, you guys ever kill and eat one of these turkeys and we're like no and he's like oh you have to oh my god i do it all the time they are delicious and you guys have smokers we have these like smokers because they're into making brisket and all the ships and he says you guys really ought to kill one of these turkeys and i was like oh yeah like all right interesting interesting so we're talking about this over dinner my friend's father quite literally says karina if you can kill one of these turkeys and then we eat it, which you won't be in charge of. Like, literally, you just kill it and bring it. Somebody else will pluck it and figure out how to put it in the smoker. I will give you $5,000. U.S. cash. And I immediately le- leapt over the table. We shook on it. And I said, you fucking better put your money where your mouth is. Oh, yeah. I have yet to kill the turkey. <laughs> and there are no guns here, by the way. Nothing like that. So it's just like, you know, I have a net. You have to catch it. I have to catch it. So now picture that me running around trying to catch a turkey in hopes, you know, $5,000 not falling on trees these days, you know, like out of trees. 
It's a nice payday for a turkey because it's right. it's, it's got to be twenty dollars worth of meat tops. You know what I mean? He's he's way overpaying you in this situation. I think yeah. it needs to be done, and it's also just a hilarious image. So I'm just like scouting them out. Some of them are enormous, like prehistoric looking, fucking like they're gonna kill you. So it's 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 kind of like. It's kind of like working with a first-time concert promoter who comes in way high on the offer. You kind of just got to say yes and take their money as quickly as possible. You know what I mean? That's what I thought. I was like, oh, my yeah. first time in the market? My first time killing a turkey? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know that first time on the market playing where they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, you can do X amount of tickets. No problem. Oh, yes, I can. And then... 100%. You, you, I, I'm, I'd love to take your 5000 I need... 4,000 of it in advance. And then when I show up to the show, I'll get the last grand. And then that's what you need. You need an advance on your turkey capturing process. Up front, in fives, mm-hmm. wheelbarrowed up to my room. Because <laughs> I'd like to swim in it. And then, uh, yeah, that's brilliant. I should have really asked for that. And, uh, you know, they're getting, they're actually, they're, they're getting harder to find these days. I haven't seen as many on the property, but I'll let you know if I actually kill a turkey. That would be savage AF. So we'll see. Savage AF. I love it. I love it. If you, if you do get a turkey, uh, we should do some kind of contest on the podcast here where, where whoever tweets the funniest, Turkey, whoever can capture turkey or something. I don't know. I don't know. We, we got to think of a new contest for the podcast. This this has some potential. There's some potential. And no guns involved. No guns. You know, no bow guns. and arrow, all on the table. That's fine. In fact, okay. I should get a bow and arrow because maybe that would work. I just think it's so funny to picture me popping out of the bushes with a fucking net and a baseball bat <laughs> trying to destroy. Wait, you don't have to just grab it Rocky style where you like get in the pen with them and you just kind of grab it like that not like that grab it by the neck and then uh, the next few minutes are unpleasant and then you know you're eating a beautifully smoked fresh turkey just like the b-man told me to do so don't you don't you hate it when old people put a bunch of money on something because it's way harder than you're imagining it could be and then you got to sit around and think about it when they could have just said he could he, the guy very could he very easily could have just said you know it's hard to catch a turkey but instead he's got to do this whole let me put a wheelbarrow of money on top of the fact that you don't know how hard it is to catch a turkey and then you got to think i could catch it oh man what's the worst it's tough. It's definitely tough. But I want you know, I I'll you know during these unprecedented times, I'll take mm-hmm. you know a stupid bet like that, and you know we'll see we'll see if uh, I can make it happen. Let's it's in my court now. It's all good. It's in your court. It's in your court. So let, let me backtrack a second because there's something I didn't get a chance to ask. What was the New York taxi cab thing? What was that going to be? Great question, Barbara. There. <laughs> There's something in the New York City taxi cabs that's uh, called the Eyewitness News Movie Minute. And uh-huh. For sure, I've seen it. A gentleman named Sandy Kenyon. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with this gentleman, but he is an absolute New York icon. And let me rewind a little bit back to the year 2013. I'm in a band called Youth Posse with my dear friends. And that band was like, you know, somewhere between Ween meets Tenacious D, like totally offensive and fucked up crazy music and mm-hmm. lyrically insane and just you know all over the place in terms of uh genre bending and skipping around and whatever anyway 
I was in that band and we were all obsessed with Sandy Canyon and we're all, you know, really? Yeah. Obsessed. We're like, this is the fucking best. We're always taking a cab somewhere together. He's in every cab. So, so for the listeners who are listening, um, Sandy Kenyon is the guy who comes on the screen every time you get in the cab. He's like this old, he's older gentleman. He looks like he was a, a weatherman 25 years ago or something. And now, now he does the, the, the cash cab announcements or whatever you call it. Literally, like for the most part, what he does is he reviews movies. He's just like, here I am, Sandy Kenyon with the Eyewitness News movie minutes. You know? Yes. And then he goes on to basically tell you about the new hot movie. But in recent times, he's also been profiling various up and coming musicians. And that's mm. a fascinating little element of it. Like once in a while, you'll jump in a cab and see a profile on a youngish indie band or like whatever's going on. And okay. All right. That's cool. Still back in 2013, if you could picture this, right? I'm, you know, 18 years old. I don't even know. Yeah. 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 And uh, I tweet at him because we're obsessed with him and we want him on our record. I love that. And I write to him and I'm like, Sandy, we are huge fans here at Youth Posse and we just would love it if we could feature you on our record. We want you to basically intro it and we want you on our song called Shine a Light in My Face. Mm -hmm. Want you to say Shine a Light in My Face. And he immediately is touched. He writes back. I never thought he would write back. He's like, oh, Corinna, I love rock music. This is awesome. We get him in our rehearsal space. We totally become fast friends. He's hilarious, coolest guy ever. He's like, let me tell you something about L.A. in the 80s, kids. It was a crazy time. Oh, baby. And he's telling us crazy-ass stories, and it's awesome. And we totally feature him on our first record. He opens it. And he goes, youth posse is the kind of music you feel down below. <laughs> and we're fucking dead. We're like, best. Nothing will ever top this. Anyway, so, I'll, you know, throughout the years, we've kept in touch. He even introduced that band live once back in the day. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he follows me on the social media. I follow him. We send each other a friendly note once in a while. And cool. right before the quarantine, he wrote to me, and I hope I'm not divulging too much. Um, <laughs> but he says, Karina, you know, it's your time now, baby. We want to feature you in the cabs. You know, we want to do a story on you. When Wow. And that he was literally like the week after quarantine was going to come and Basically, uh, you know, that team was going to film us in the studio recording two new singles, Karina Reitman singles. And uh, he was going to interview me then at my apartment. And they were going to have, you know, splice it all together. And that shit was going to be dope. And I was so, so stoked on it just because, what the fuck, that's so fun. So fun. And now it's not, you know, we're going to have to wait a little while for all of those things to come back. So that's the full narrative. That's, you know, now you really know a lot about Sandy Kenyon and you, uh, you know about the Eyewitness News movie minute. And I just, you know, can't wait for things to go back to semi-normal so that we can do that. I mean, I would love to have Sandy, Sandy Kenyon on the podcast to discuss what was, what was going on in Hollywood in the eighties that he's still flabbergasted about it 30 years later. What, what was it? 
I'm, Let's hear the stories. Some debaucherous, uh, you know, risque stories about his old life. And I was like, wow, that is deep. You definitely don't get that from him through the cabs. <laughs> yeah, he seems very put together and organized and, and, and like, he's, like he's done it a million times in the cab. Exactly. Exactly. That's basically the vibe. So it was just jarring for him to like, you know, kind of cut loose with us in our studio and, you know, record crazy ass things just that that to me is very surprising that he came to your studio mostly in that situation they would just cut the audio and email it to you right like this is what you want he actually showed up to the studio really putting the time in sandy kenyon really putting the time in he's a real new york legend and we thought we stand him he is the best he's a real he's a, he's a great guy so i appreciated him you know following me up until now and being really open to doing stuff. He's, he's the man. He's a good one. <laughs> so when, you, when you're in the cabs, because obviously cabs are going to return and then Sandy Canyon's going to go back to work and then he's going to be like, oh, I got Karina Reichman to feature. Is this your, your Spotify project, the Karina Reichman on Spotify? Is that, are those, is that the, where the music is going to go for this album that you seem to be creating? Yeah, there and everywhere. You know. Okay. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And yes, it is my namesake band. Okay. Whatever you want to call it, for sure. What do you call it? Karina Reichman. <laughs> okay, I thought it was Karina Reichman Experience. Was it? Was that a thing? Never experience, but what you're thinking of is Karina Reichman Experiment. Which Experiment. My bad. It all started like, you know, me and shout out to my boys, Mr. Adam November on guitar and Chris Corsico on the drums. Yes. Uh, three piece. Karina loves three pieces. And, uh, you know, it all started just as pure improv, like not anything planned, not a launch point, not a key, not like nothing, really nothing. So then in that era, I was like, oh, it's the Karina Reckman experiment. Right. Here's a motherfucking experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Take it literally, folks. Take it literally. <laughs> After a short while of that, I started, you know, writing songs or trying to and like, you know, coming up with some some things from which to launch off of, you know, and it became you know, and now I, I really I want to write my own music and I am and put it out and experiment like you just demonstrated it was getting confused for experience quite a lot yes people read it quickly and it's all good but that was never the vibe you know what i mean it was an experiment because it was literally an experiment not like oh, right a reckman experience get your tickets here 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 now 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 like you know that works for me too they both work for me well, that's great. Well, I appreciate that. So it's all about the music at that point, you know. It is, but I definitely just knocked off the experiment moniker, if you will, and just okay, just my name from you know here on out. Like I just felt like that was the call.
Uh, you know what's great about the uh, having the band have your name on is they can't fire you. They really can't. They can't. And like, I can, I can make, you know, one record with these guys and another with these guys. And I can work with my producer pal on this and my organic band on that, which is what I've done in the past. And it's all just Karina. It's just me, you know, so. Love it. It's good to be able to put stuff, you know, out and do whatever you want to do. Wouldn't you say? It's just great. <laughs> it's a hustle out there. And when you put your name on the project, there's a certain like responsibility and uh, hard work that that does, just flows naturally out of it. So if you're putting your name on it, your stamp on it, then I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Oh, thank you. I try. I try. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I gave you a follow on Spotify. I listened to two songs today. Um, they were both super cool. Thank you. Thank you. I hope to populate it with more stuff soon. It's just, uh, which I really, if, if this quarantine had not happened, I was like, studio was the next week. I was so pumped. Yeah. Brutal, brutal. But it's all right. We'll, we'll figure it all out. It's, uh, it's a one day at a time situation. But thank you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> that was fun. I love it. I, and I haven't heard, um, I saw also on Spotify that you have a number of playlists just like a huge amount. I've never seen anybody with this many playlists. Is that, and then I also saw some stuff that where you were DJing, are those two connected in any way or is the DJing just separate from the playlist or is there, I do think of them as different things or the same thing. Uh, you know, I, back in my old life when things were different, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, have done many a DJ gigs in various formats, you know, uh, corporate parties i've done all you know whatever like whatever it takes i'm down i'm available um <laughs> for the record i'm uh, i'm good to go so uh you know once in a while i will make a playlist and work off of that but mm-hmm. i feel like i've been making playlists since i was yay yay high you know <laughs> yay yeah high, i'm trying to say and maybe yay high um what the fuck was i just saying oh yeah hell yeah so <laughs> Um, I love making playlists, love it, always have. And I feel like I've just had like a brain for it and like, you know, way pre Spotify. Like if you looked at my like childhood iTunes, it was like, you know, so many playlists, like different vibes, different moods, different eras of music. I'm super eclectic in my music listening. So like, sure, you know, kind of either exacerbate that or put things into categories and you know, whatever. So it's a little OCD, but it's good. Um, and when I DJ, like, yeah, I feel like I just have like a, just a huge arsenal of music kind of chronicled in my brain. And like, you know, if I think of specific playlists being like different vibes for different moods for different parties, then like, I'll be like, Oh shit. Like the first half of blaze of fire evening would be really great right now. And then I'm like, Oh, I got to look into foreign psych groove vibe for the second half. And then, you know, I gotta, you know, that type of shit. So it's just some bizarre, you know, borderline autistic things. I'm like, let's go. I got all my playlists. We got to put them out there. People got. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, so it's like a very organic thing for you. You're just basically using features that Spotify has for your own. Yes. For your own enjoyment. And I've been doing it for years and now with Spotify, it's cool. And I like it because you can share them so easily as opposed to being like, yo, let me burn you my hot new mix, dude. Yeah, yeah. And your car, like, you know, with the uh, with the whole shareable 
situation, yeah, it's something I very much enjoy. I people people like I I never really make playlists for other people, but I forget to make them private sometimes. And then people like will talk to me uh, like on tour or whatever, and they'll be like, "What? Why did you choose these songs on this playlist?" And I'll just be like, "How how did you even find that? Like I don't even know. I didn't. I you think of Facebook, you think of Instagram, you think of your profile that the world sees, you know. And it, I don't think of Spotify that way, and I should, but I think of Spotify as like a way to collect music for me, not for like a way to make a profile for other people." That's a very good point. And it's a good thing to remember. And then sometimes I forget too, because I always listen on my phone, but then sometimes you look on your laptop and you see, it's like almost like a social media thing. You see what yeah. people are listening to. And I'm like, oh shit, all these people know what I've been listening to. That's bad. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, there was a time where I was just like singing along with soul singers, like Sam Cooke and stuff like that. And so if you looked at my Spotify page, you'd be like, this guy listens to the same 22 soul songs every single day and it's because i was literally practicing not you know it's, it's spotify is that for me sometimes or you can just use it for that kind of stuff totally i do the same stuff for sure and sometimes you have a gig or whatever and you have to learn a bunch of new music and you just you know listen 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 same stuff over and over and people must think we're really out of our minds it's great <laughs> we are a little bit i think i mean Oh man, spectrum out, dude. That's I'm talking about myself. Talking about myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you're on the spectrum. Oh, certainly. I mean, gotta be on a couple. Jeez. <laughs> you don't seem like it to me. You don't seem. I don't know where you're. I don't. Know. I think I'm on the spectrum a little bit, but I don't know about you. I, I'm. I, I'm a bit of a lunatic. You know. Are you? Yeah, I think so. In a in a cool way, for the most part, like not in a like really fucked way, definitely. But yeah, I think I think I'm a little different for sure. <laughs> and it's getting worse with the quarantine. I'm losing my mind. You know, a little bit more each day. I feel like, and I like kind of have trouble with like putting the right words in front of one another, which I never used to. And I, you know, I have a weekly podcast too. And every week it becomes harder and harder to, you know, make coherent sentences. And I'm like, wow, I think it's the quarantine. I'm going to blame it on the quarantine. Let's, uh, let's talk about your podcast. Your podcast is on the Relics Network. It's called Three for Seven. And you talk about three news items every seven days. And... I listen to your podcast. I enjoy your podcast. It's always news that is new to me. And I, I appreciate that you guys do it. I also appreciate that your guys' podcast is done. It seems to be so much more organized than my podcast. Can you, could you explain to me how you do that amidst all this craziness that you're talking about? Well, I, I certainly have nothing to do with it. I'm just the person who comes in. <laughs> And just talks crazy shit, and then they put it all together. But it's a beautiful. That's why. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they love that. They love it. I'm like, and it was like that even when it was in person. I would just show up to the relics office, and my dear partner in crime, her name is Raph, Rafaela Kenny Sincata, a long, mm-hmm. fabulous name. She is dope. She is an awesome human, and. Mr. Pete Shapiro a year ago came to me and was like, "I have this great idea." We're going to put you and Raph together and you're going to talk 
about the, the like jam band news stories for the last seven days. You do it every week. What do you think? Like, I was like, I love it. Let's, let's do it. Sign me up. Brilliant. Uh, you've never led me astray, Peter. And, uh, we're like a year deep on this shit once a week. It's been crazy and it's super fun. And she is the mastermind behind all of it. She comes up with the news stories. I come up with nothing. She puts it together in a very beautifully organized Google doc that I, either look at or don't before we record. I just like to, you know, they, I think they have me because, uh, because I, you know, can kind of roll with the punches. I talk a little bit of this shit. We, you know, rap about this, we rap about that. And, um, she's the organized one. She's the, uh, the Dave patch to my Bill Walton, if that makes sense, you know? No. Well, who's Dave patch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know Bill Walton is, I, I, I hung out straight like uh he's like the dude who like you know is the more straight laced commentator and they have like this partnership and bill's always like well you know 1972 jerry Garcia, <laughs> the palace and then dave is like all right let's just bring it back for now you know and that's our relationship i'm the one who's like well you know let me tell you raf uh one day i saw a fucking turkey and my friend's dad was like you know I just, yeah that's that's what we're working with so you guys have a little chemistry going on it's a good thing you know she's definitely yeah she's like the uh the robin to my howard is that a thing yeah that's definitely a thing you know it's uh she's you're howard you're howard stern and she's robin quivers and you guys are doing the news just like howard does the news we're just we're just shooting shooting it straight you know she's coming up with all of it i'm you know now in quarantine times just you know waltzing up to my computer and going for it but back in the day i would just waltz into the relics office and say yo 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 and everybody's like oh you know flip a few desks over cause a bit of a ruckus go <laughs> you know everybody's disturbed by my presence hopefully in a joyful way but you know <laughs> hopefully but you never know really you never know <laughs> how are you gonna be received barbara how are you gonna be received who knows um it's a constant battle for so how you're received versus how you think you're being received, you know. Totally. I just try not to think about it too much and, you know, make it uh, make it all fun for for everyone, God willing. That's a good way. It's great. So that's that's been a good thing of the last year for sure. And it's definitely a Peter Shapiro brainchild, so you got to respect the legend. <laughs> well, I commend you guys on your consistency because I know how hard that is. And it's very impressive. You guys obviously have your shit together. I know you're saying it's, you know, obviously you're doing something right. And I have a, a right next to this Zoom call, I have a Peach Shapiro interview wrap for this podcast. So maybe you and Peach Shapiro will drop at the same time because his podcast is, uh, it's amazing that the very next podcast I do, we're also still, t- I'm still talking about Peach Shapiro. You know what I mean? Amazing. That's great. Tell him I say, yo, and how's it going? And uh, send my best. That's great. Nice. Good time. Nice. So you have you have this podcast. You have two bands. Um, you're very. You're going to be in taxi cabs in New York. Uh, things are happening. Um, you also work with uh, with Jake and the Rocks Off Boat Cruise. So you're booking shows there as well. Is that is that a full time job when we're not in quarantine? Or isn't that a lot of work? How do you how do you balance that with everything? 
That is, it's most certainly a shit ton of work. Um, and, you know, it's kind of just organically kind of at the time of quarantine coming all along. It just, it was starting to not make sense anymore, even though I love doing it and mm-hmm. so awesome. And Jake is like, you know, a mentor and dear friend and, you know, lifelong pal. I consider him for sure. And- I do as well. You know, brilliant. He set himself on fire at one of your shows in 99. That's lifelong. He did. Um, I was there for that. I was there for that little moment. I'm impressed. (laughs) I mean, back then with the music we were playing was just everybody was so everybody was like, this is so crazy that uh, there was a lot of stuff like that happening in 99. You know, sometimes you got to let yourself on fire and, you know, really make it. I don't know, but yeah. Um, point being, great guy. I love the guy. And I started like I started working for Rockstar the summer between high school and mm-hmm. NYU. And right. I quite literally, I was in a band called The Sound of Urchin, and we toured around a bunch and you know did this and that. And one of the shows that summer was a Rockstar concert cruise, and I had never met Jake before, and. Um, but I knew of him. I, he was like a very, like, you'd see him around. He made himself known. I was like, Oh, you know, that's the rocks off guy, you know, always doing something crazy, blah, blah, blah. But like, I really liked the ethos, the vibe, the whole nine. So at the end of that show, I said to him, like we started talking and I was like, you know, I'm about to start at NYU in like a month. And uh, if you need an intern, I'm your girl. And he was like, Oh, we haven't had an intern in five years, but I could tell you were the one you are just crazy enough, you know, sound, yeah. you know, you start tomorrow. And that literally lasted like seven and a half years, which is crazy. Um, wow. All throughout college, like, you know, had a full time salaried job the entire time and, you know, was playing music too and whatnot. And it just like, just, just, just at the, like in March basically was like, and this is pre-quarantine, right? So it all kind of, you know, we kind of talked to each other, Jake and I, I was like, I think music kind of has to happen for me right now in this way. Yeah. It just, like, you know, kind of made sense. Not in like a, well, I guess kind of in a quit your day job kind of way, but like, you know, a more... Definitely in a quit your day job kind of way. Yeah, and like, you know, not to get a big head about it or anything, but... I, I kind of like we both kind of agreed the way it was all going. Like I just couldn't handle what I used to handle. And, you know, uh, but I keep the email address. Karina rocks off. That's how like, you know, we agreed email address is totally mine to keep. And I will keep it for my whole life if I can. And uh, it's like Jordan retiring a jersey at the, the Bull Center. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and I will, you know, when shows resume and whatnot, he always, he's like, you know, we can definitely keep working together and however much or however little you want to do. And, you know, he's just the best. He's an amazing human. And, uh, you know, really taught me everything about the business, like, you know, and just making offers and, you know, dealing with calendars and dealing with bands and all the hospitality stuff and settling and all that stuff. It, it was, it, it continues to be, and it was an amazing thing that that guy created. So hats off to Jake, crazy, wonderful human. He is for sure. And I feel lucky to have worked so closely with him for many, many a year. 
Well, when when we started at Wetlands, even before Pete Shapiro bought the place, uh, there was a ticket-taking guy who sat in the little ticket booth and looked exactly like Joey Ramone. And that was... And we used to go there before our band was big enough to play Wetlands. We would go there, and the Joey Ramone guy would never let you in because we were like these young kids. We didn't have tickets. We'd be like trying to flyer for our other show at the Lion's Den around the corner for 100 people. And so we'd be in some kind of war with him. And so we got to know Jake really well before we knew anybody else in there because we were the pests that he had to deal with. You know, we would show up and we'd flyer people. We'd create a huge mess. There'd be flyers. All that. And that was how we got into Wetlands was we just showed them that we were willing to promote. And we did that through our whole career there. And we, you know, Jake was the guy that you would talk to who would kick you out of the club for the first 70 times. And then the next 70 times he would kick you out of the club, but you would have a nice conversation and a good time. And then next thing you know, we we were in with 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 the guy who looks like Joey Ramone. <laughs> and then went on to play the club numerous, numerous, numerous times, right? You guys played there a shit ton, I feel like. But not that I was there, but in terms of like, you know, the uh I think we sold that out more than any other band, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, you know, some some bands sold it out and went on to stadiums. You know what I mean? They're like, we don't have time to sell out wetlands anymore. But we were like, no, we have time to sell out wetlands another 25 times. An interesting thing about Jake was only a couple of years ago, uh, he had done some favor. He had really made it so far up in the game as a promoter that he was doing favors for like the guys who run the MSG and the whole thing. And we we got some owner's box or something at a hockey game, me and Jake, a couple, he invited me over a couple, invited a couple other people, but it was really Jake's box for the night. And it was just like, really like he went from the ticket guy at wetlands to the owner's box at Madison square garden in 15 or 20 years. And in the meantime, he made like a European metal band that was super successful. <laughs> that was like so crazy. So crazy. Love Jake. A talent buyer for the Brooklyn Bowl in London while that was going on. And, you know, had like, you know, so many lives, so many lives. So many lives. It's a beautiful thing. You know, we could all aspire to live life as fully as he really does, continues to. And he's always innovating. And, you know, he's making these masks, these rocks off masks, like, you know, in the, in the Corona time. And um, they're crazy and they're selling like hotcakes and he's killing it. So... It's a beautiful thing. Go check out the Rocks Off masks. Am I am I missing out by not making a mask like a touchdowns all day mask? Am I am I blowing it? Maybe you can collaborate with Jake and you could, you know, spit and split the profit. <laughs> Are we screwing up by not like adding masks to our merchandising pages? It's become such a thing. Look, look, there, here, there's a there's a fish mask just right next to me. Do you see that? Amazing. Oh, there's so many. They're just everywhere. I can't get away from them. It's it's become a thing. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I, it's thing. <laughs> I wonder if you wear that mask into like the New York subway if they just like turn stop and frisk back on and try and see if you have any acid on you or something like that. Totally. They're like, yep, yep, way to out yourself. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I was always the type of person who like didn't want any like Grateful Dead stickers or fish stickers on my car. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't want to give the police any reason to do any more crazy shit. 
Right. So have a NICU license plate or like a, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never did any of that. I would just keep it. I got a Dodgers hat in Los Angeles, which just makes me super normal. I'm just super, super normal. Don't pull me over. Don't talk to me, please. Low profile. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. Stickers on the car is not, is not my vibe. I'm not into stickers as such. Like, mm-hmm. You get a lot of whoop gifts. I'm sure you get more whoop gifts than anybody, but. You know. I get a lot of pins. I have people give me pins. All the, I have a hundred thousand pins. I don't know what to do with them. I think I'm going to get like a, like one of those like cloth boards, I guess they're called that you can stick the pins into and just have like a, some kind of art project, you know, 20 years of pins. It's like, what gift pin, what gift pin, what gift pins. Great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get those too. And I don't know what to do with it. I, you know, you get like pendants with Ron Doss quotes on them. Just like, you know, I'd like that. It's kind of cool, but I have like 24 of them. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you wear them all at the same time is what you're supposed to do. Exactly. And I'm like, y'all, what's up, everybody? This is my Ron Doss. <laughs> I talk about outing yourself. The cops look really close at you. They're like, oh, I, I think I see what you're into. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, stickers, not my thing. Not my thing. But I do, you know, I hopefully I'll get an art board like you for those. Just be like, oh, these are the stickers I've been gifted. Thank you. You got to have uh, some, you know, I think a big mistake that I made back in the early days was I didn't collect the random artifacts and put them somewhere. Like nobody collected all the posters. There's just so much stuff. And it seemed lame to collect it all. I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna be one of those guys who like collects everything. But now that I got a kid and I'm sure he wants to know like what I did in 2001 that I was, you know, so busy, you know, and there's recordings, which is cool. But there's also like the vibe and the, a lot of that stuff's in the T-shirts and the and the posters and stuff. And I just don't have a full collection of everything. It would be cool. It's a little, it's a little self-serving, but it would be cool. But sometimes you gotta archive your shit. You gotta see, you know, yeah, especially for your child. Congrats, by the way. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. How's that going? Going all right? Can I interview you? I, I- I mean, yeah, sure. I, I love having a child. I, I don't know why I waited so long. He's super cool. And the quarantine's amazing for having a kid. There's like, I mean, you sound like you're in a quarantine. You're sounding like pretty happy. I have a little three-person quarantine, a little commune over here. And um, it's really great. And I just, you know, I've never been in a house with a child in my whole life. So, So everything is new to me. Everything. Like the fact that you have to stick a little thing in his nose to pull out the boogers. Do you know about this? I didn't know. Cut. That is a super deep cut, my friend. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea. I want one for myself. You know what I mean? Like, I want, like, an adult-sized one. Right. It's a reverse neti pot, except, you know. <laughs> exactly. It'd be great for tour, you know. Freak out your bandmates. Be like, yeah, sorry. Got one of these, you know, child quarantine. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And then you're just, you know, reverse neti potting yourself. Yeah. There was a stage in the biscuits where like everybody was doing a lot of overt personal hygiene stuff, like out in front of everybody. Like people used to floss in the bus. Man. Wow. Well, big ups for flossing at all, but that's a lot. (laughs) I know, seriously, nobody wanted to tell them to stop because it was impressive to see how flossing actually worked on a human. 
You know, like, wow, that's what that string is for. Oh my God, that's crazy. Wow. I can't believe you do that. That's just that's <laughs> so much time. That's beautiful. Good for you, but that's disgusting. You should do your, you know, in your hotel room, in your bunk, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Wow. We don't have much of that. I do like, you know, I, I will sleep on the floor of the sprinter van just straight up, like on the floor. And that's kind of weird. But other than that, we all, you know, we all <laughs> kind of keep it together. Nobody's flossing. Shit, we got to get to flossing. I like that. Yeah. I mean, look, the baby has this like little bed thing. And it's like you, we could get like larger adult size like versions of, I guess they have aero beds. It's just an aero bed. The baby has a little aero bed. He doesn't sleep on, like, if you want to put him to sleep, you don't put him in, like, something. You put him in the aero bed in something for some reason. You do that. This is such a good time to have either a child or a new dog or, like, something that requires a lot of, like, you know, very individualized attention. Yeah. And uh, you got all the time, right? You kind of can just really dive in. How old is your son? Uh, he's three months, three three months, a few weeks right now. He's he's over three months. So he's so a, that a kid. He's like, I think so. I think he's a human. I when he does in the morning, if he doesn't talk to me, I'm like, what? Why won't you speak to me? And he's like, ah. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I understand. I just pretend I understand everything he says, but I really have no idea what he's talking about. Sure, sure. Wow, that's so amazing. That's so. I mean, yeah. If you could really, this is definitely a good time <laughs> to be hunkered down with, uh, you know, something that needs your love and attention every waking moment of the day. You're not pulled away. You're not going on the road on the weekend. Figure out what's going on with that. You know, that's uh, it's good timing in a lot of ways. It's interesting because people are like. Some people come up to me and they're like, yo, you must be psyched about, you know, because let's say, let's just say, for instance, I'll take an example. You would just call Marco and say, hey, I'm going to just take two months off of music and just go to this house in New Rochelle or whatever and just hang out, you know, maybe catch a turkey and I'll see you in eight weeks. Like, that wouldn't fly with Marco. It cause also. I mean, it might, but it, I know if I did that with the biscuits, they'd be like, "What? We have shows to play. We got to go to Fillmore. We got to go to Mission Ballroom. We have a tractor beam. You got to okay the T-shirts. We got to talk about Camp Bisco." It's like the interesting thing about quarantine is that all that stuff vanished, and it literally was. Oh, great! Now I get to just hang out in my house all day. This is awesome. It's definitely a good reset in a lot of ways that you probably would never have otherwise and that I would never elect to have otherwise or, you know, could have ever. I'm so like, go, go, go all the time. I literally never stop doing anything. But like, this has been kind of an interesting experiment to see like how my body and brain would deal with like a bit of a pause, you know? So I feel like it's that for a lot of people. And some probably fare better than others with the with the prediction. Do you, do you think this is going to happen again after this? Do you think once we resume fully, th- that's it for your lifetime and my lifetime? Or do you think four years from now we're going to be quarantined again? For some other crazy pandemic situation. Yeah. That's a great, I mean, you know, they call it unprecedented times. Can't get enough of calling it fucking unprecedented times, right? And it kind of... Yeah. It really feels that way. I never 
saw this coming. And the Spanish flu was what, 1918 or something. So yeah, we're talking about a hundred years. I, I couldn't tell you. I really hope this is a one and done for the next hundred years. That would be really great. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. One and done. I mean, you know, it, it goes to show you, like I, I couldn't, ever even conceptualize something like this happening you know what i mean like it was not like oh you know once in a while there's like a thing that happens where she gets really really fucked and like you have to recalibrate your entire being and rethink about you know how you conduct your daily life you can't do this you can't see your friends when you go shopping you go once a week you know all the shit um and uh yeah, I, I I hope it doesn't. I hope basically we can develop enough to get the vaccine to really, you know, kind of squelch it once and for all. They talk about the second wave. That scares me. I don't even want to think about that. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, and my parents are in their like, you know, lower 70s and they're in Manhattan, you know, and I'm just like, oh, boy, like, you know, I've been in the Hudson Valley this whole time and my folks are like, at the, at, you know, the global epicenter of this. And it's just like scary, you know, you just want it to go away. You want, you want peace and to resume. Having said that, you know, given what we were just talking about, it's, you know, for me, it's been a good reset in some ways, you know, I think it's, uh, it's shown what's important. It's shown that, you know, I'm, you know, a, really a person who enjoys performing live more than anything. Like I'm definitely, not a musician who like gets off on practicing eight hours a day or anything like that. Like that's not what it's for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. I think, stoked, you know, some people are like, Oh, now I get to shed like all day. That gives me energy. I'm like, it gives me zero energy. It like people give me energy. I'm a huge extrovert. Like, you know, it puts things in a bit of perspective in terms of like, you know, you, when you slow down, you can reflect and that's a good thing. Sometimes I'm, I'm interested. It's <laughs> it is weird thing that we've all seen the movies where the virus does the thing. Twenty eight days later, or whatever, and everybody moves into a uh, house in New, uh, New York State, and most people, you know, t- nine, what is it? Ninety percent of the world dies, or something. So we all have known that something like this really could happen. Yet being in the pandemic itself, where you see the details of like waiting line at the supermarket wearing the mask, being this, like, living in this world where it's like we all coexist, but we can't touch each other and social distancing and stuff. Like, the details of it, for me, really, I I didn't even think, I I never had a thought of any of this stuff ever. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And then you get, you know, also no direction from a federal level, 50 different states doing 50 different things. Yeah. You know, uh, the numbers in New York are down, 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 down. But the numbers and I I look at this shit like a fucking hawk. I'm like, you know, numbers in some states like down south and whatnot are like up, 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 up. And it's just, you know, when you're not getting good leadership from the country in terms of like what to do, you know, all 50 states, you're just like listening to your governor and not. And, you know, some people are like, it's a hoax. Other people are like, you're fucking crazy. It's just it's just such a blend of crazy, you know, strong feelings all around. I feel like everybody has some very strong opinion and uh, 
it's a hard thing to navigate. It's fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> it, it is crazy. People have like really strong opinions about things like it's a hoax. And it's just like, okay, maybe it's a hoax, but like, do you know that much that it's a hoax that you could have this like extremely strong opinion about it? I think people just want to drink beers and go boating down south. I just, I don't, I don't even think they care if they get COVID. They just want to go boating. The whole point of living down south, like think of Jimmy Buffett and think of like country music in general. It's just like, I want to get on my boat, drink a bunch of beers and live free. You know, they don't want your rules. It's good to see them staying consistent in the midst of a pandemic. That's know? very true. That's some stick to your guns type shit. <laughs> to go out and get COVID. I mean, the numbers are going up, but let's, let's go, let's meet at the lagoon on our boats and drink beers. And not, and if the, we wear masks, they're camouflage or something. Uh, exactly. I mean, you know, it's all, it's all relative and people are just, you know, surviving the best they can. And what are you going to say other than you should really, you know, do your part to like, you know, hashtag stop the spread or whatever. That would be, right. um, but yeah, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what's going on. I feel like a new thing pops up every day where it's like, you know, and now children are dying and now those yeah. can turn purple and you know, like I, everything's crazy. Did I tell you, I, I, I will fucking break this to the world. I had it. I have the antibodies. You're looking. Come on. Oh, straight up. A hundred percent. I'm, you know, this is, this is new public domain, but yeah, Great. literally the week after we got up here and this uh-huh. is you know, me, my best friend slash roommate, his brother, his girlfriend, my boyfriend and his mother. Okay. And so we're up here, right? Like straight out of New York city, but I've been on like, you know, six different flights the two weeks leading up to it too. And I've played all in Florida, played in like, Tampa, Hollywood, Miami, the weekend before I I'm in like Boise and like the weekend before I was in Denver. Like I've been all over the place and then definitely riding subways, going to the gym every day, like doing all the stuff that you're not now, you know, you're really not supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Here and you know, knock on wood, we're all totally fine. But like a week and a half go by. And then I had one night of like a slight fever where I was definitely like, oh shit, like what is going on? Uh-oh. Woke up in the morning, totally fine. Took the Tylenol, we're good. But then like slept like Rip Van Winkle for like four days and nice. completely lost my sense of taste and smell. So that- Whoa. That. That's, that's, that's it, right? That's the thing. And so we were like, oh shit. And then that happened to Isaac, my best friend as well, just the taste and smell portion. And then everybody else completely asymptomatic, but we recently just got antibody tested and whole household has got those antibodies. So wow, crazy, crazy thing, man. It's crazy. So knock on wood. I know like, you know, we got very lucky as they say, but, uh, but yeah, it, uh, it takes a lot of shapes and forms apparently. And mine was extremely mild and went away in a week, but you know, it's, uh, it's a tough, it's a crazy, crazy thing. So, so what is food like when you can't taste or smell anything? It sucks. It super sucks. And cooking, and I love to cook, and I've been really, for my commune, really deep in the recipes, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And when you're trying to cook and taste stuff and be like, does it need more salt? I don't fucking know. Can somebody who can taste, taste this for me? And then you call somebody else in, they're tasting, you know, and... You can't taste anything at all. You just feel the heat of the food. What it... Spicy enough, you can taste like... You, like you're like, oh, this is probably spicy. You know what I mean? Okay. I straight up was taking like, I was like, oh shit, I think I really can't smell. And I would like literally take Clorox bleach and be like, can I smell that? No, I straight up can't smell that. I would take like all my shampoo and like all that stuff and like just huff it trying to get something. Got nothing. So you're like, oh wow, I think this is bad. This is not good. Wow, that's insane. People just gotta, you know, fucking be kind to all right now because this shit is traumatic. Even if like, I feel like I'm doing well and you seem to be doing well. You got the kid. Like it's a fucked up thing we're living through right now. There's no question about it. So I feel like you just got to be real good to your fellow everybody. And yeah, there's definitely trauma is an interesting word because I feel like the quarantine, like for me, like, I'm used to being alone. I'm used to sitting in this room by myself for hours on end. Um, but what, ha- and I also have, you know, a baby, like I'm okay, but I feel like I kind of lucked out. I don't know if everybody necessarily, like you're in a commune, but there are some people who are live alone and, you know, have been alone with like Netflix for, for two months crazy it is that and i know a few people who are alone throughout this whole thing and i'm just like wow like that is that is deep and that's a really tough thing so shout out to everybody who's alone it's fucking yeah yeah thanks that's why we make this podcast that's why you know we we decided to bring you on the podcast because we're really excited about all the stuff that you're doing and we just wanted to i just wanted to talk to you and um and you know and we're trying to do some more make some extra podcasts for people because you know that this this is good, easy content for people. You know, it's good for people to to find out what's going on in the world. It's fun for us, um, but it is, it is. I feel like when when the quarantine is finally over, we should do some kind of concert where, like, you to get in. It's there's no money. It's not it doesn't cost anything. You just have to have been alone during quarantine. It's like a, let's get all the let's. let's do, Let's do a healing concert for everybody who really quarantined it out. That is a great idea. And I would be thrilled. I will offer up whatever services I can offer up to help the people who have been alone this entire time. That is, I can't imagine. And it's, it's a real undertaking. It's all you people out there. You loners. You loners. Bless your heart. That is wild. I mean, look, Netflix isn't that great. I mean, I, I prefer Hulu to be honest. So, uh, and I've run out of shows. I've watched them all. I'm sure everybody's watched them all. Um, but I feel like a lot of people are making good in this time and doing a lot of cool stuff. And so, you know, hopefully it's over soon. Yeah, I really, I really hope so. Jeez. I think it's starting to lessen, you know, well, I mean, it depends on the state, of course, but I know you're on the West Coast, but over here, the state of New York, we're definitely doing so much better than, you know, it started out really scary, started out really bad. And it's, I look at the numbers every day and it's like under a hundred deaths a day now. And it's pretty chill in that regard, which is like, you know, it's so crazy to even say that and be like, yay, under a hundred deaths a day. But like, that's a lot considering it was fucking through the roof yeah, towards the beginning. So, you know, just looking up, looking up and, you know, staying the course. I feel like it's good to not get too ahead of oneself when the shit starts to look better too. Cause you know, just got to keep it, keep it chill, 
phase one reopening, phase two, all that shit. It's good. I'm, I'm here for it. We do it slowly, make it safe. Can't wait to play a concert again, but that's a whole other thing. And uh, that's a personal matter. And uh, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than us. So what are you going to do? The whole planet. I want to go to like a barn and have like a band rehearsal and like retry all the things we were doing in January and stuff and just try it, like dust it off a little bit. Is it safe for me to come back East at this point or is, cause I got to come back with the baby, introduce the baby to the grandparents, all of Lisa's family. So I have like all the, I have like a whole trip in mind. And the question is like, when, when, cause in California here, there's like, everybody's, it's not a big problem where I live at the moment, but I've, I'm kind of scared to go back east because it's it's so intense over there. It's pretty intense and you should, you know, I I would give it some time just because like the whole being on a plane thing is like, unless you really gotta right now, I feel like a good thing to avoid, especially, you know, with the kid, just like keeping it chill, make sure both parents are good. You know, I, I I'd still wait. I'd wait it out personally, but you know, I also know I have plenty of friends who like had, had to go somewhere like travel wise, meaning like whatever. And like, that's the other thing with this whole thing. I really feel like it, you got to do what you got to do. People are living their lives. You, you, you gotta, you know, Yeah. you can live in as much fear as you want to live in, but, and it's a scary thing. Don't get me wrong, but if you got to travel, you got to travel. If you got to do this, you got to do this. Like just try and do everything as safely as possible for you and your fellow uh, people. <laughs> Well, I want to make a like a like a like an egg, like a like you know how Dead Mouse's helmet is. Um, did I lose you? I think I just lost. Hmm. Well, folks, that concludes our interview with Karina Reichman, bass player, super talent extraordinaire, podcaster, solo artist, DJ, and just you know. Up and coming superstar, let's face it. Uh, let's, uh, I don't know, I guess that was that. I don't know what to do now. I'm zooming with myself. <laughs> hey, what are you guys doing? Um, I'm zooming with myself. Uh, I guess that's it. Well, it was super fun. We had a mystery jam to listen to, and we didn't. Uh, I'll listen to it. Nah, I'll save it for another guest. It's not the whole jam. Like, if we're going to listen to something, just us, right? If we're going to listen to something, you know, we're going to listen to the whole jam, right? We're not going to listen to a piece and be like, oh, what? I'm not going to guess. I guess I could. I could. All right. I don't think she's jumping back on. I think her internet probably died. Um, But that was great. I think we got a podcast there. Right? I really, I think it's a really cool opportunity. The podcast for me is a really fun opportunity to meet people. And, and I really feel like I got to know her right there. Like next time I see her, it's going to be a pleasure to see her. And it'll, we can, we'll catch up, you know? And that is cool. I'm a very big fan of that. Uh, so thank you for being on the podcast Karina Reichman you're a wonderful guest and I had a bunch of good laughs and we'll do it again sometime thank you guys for listening 
We're mass communicating. We're mass communicating. We're mass communicating.